Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We've got another episode of the off-season dropping on Sunday night, 6pm on YouTube. Myself and Matty the Waterboy going deep into a couple of what-ifs. Now, if you don't like your what-ifs, I know a lot of you get very emotional around these for no apparent reason. This one isn't for you if you don't like your what-ifs. But what we did here is we went back to the 2012 and the 2014 Grand Final and we said, what if the Canterbury Bulldogs won both of those? So if they beat the Melbourne Storm in 2012 and if they beat the the Rabbitohs in 2014. How would that change the history of rugby league? How would we look at Des Hasler? How would that impact the career of Craig Bellamy, Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk, Greg Inglis as well, obviously a star of the 2014 side, Sam Burgess as well. A heap of careers that would be heavily impacted. How would we remember Michael Ennis if he beat Cameron Smith in two grand finals in four or five years and if he was a three-time premiership winner, if he still went to Cronulla and won? A heap of things to dive into. This full episode will be available on YouTube. YouTube. Go to YouTube, type in Rugby League Guru. You'll be able to find it there Sunday night, 6pm. An absolute cracker, one not to be missed. I'm going to hand it over now to myself and Matty the Waterboy. A little 20 minute clip out of this hour and a half episode. An absolute cracker. We'll see you on Sunday night. So unlucky. Another one that didn't win a comp and you know, you talk about unluckiest guys ever. Um, Inu. <laughs> oh, he's a freak. He's a freak. When you have a look at how how he just narrowly dodged premierships consistently, unbelievable. So 2009, he's playing for the Parramatta Eels. They go all the way to the grand final. They lose that one. He then moves to the New Zealand Warriors in 2011. They go all the way to the grand final. They lose that one. Then he joins the Canterbury Bulldogs midway through the 2012 season. Uh, They go all the way to the grand final and lose that one. Uh, And then 2014, he was at Canterbury as well. Only played until round 19, so I'm not sure what happened there. But Inu... He really gave this team a breath of fresh air when he came into the side. I remember being there for his first game at Canterbury. It was at the SFS against the Roosters. I'm going to say they won about 
36-12 or something. It was, it was a reasonably convincing win, but he kicked a couple of goals. He scored a couple of tries. He set up one as well where he went up for a bomb. He caught it and he was going over the sideline, threw it back as he was like in midair. He made a big sla- splash when he first arrived and had a uh, had a tremendous career, you know, but just was just always the unluckiest guy. I think that means he lost three grand finals with three teams in five years or something. Something along those lines. Incredible stuff how his career played out. So that was his second game against the Roosters. That was his second, was it? Yeah, his first game he was caught in. He was jersey number 23, so I'm pretty sure he would have been caught in like with an hour to to play, and they played Canberra. That's in 2012, is it? You knew? Yeah. 2007. No, so so sorry. I mean, when he first came over to the Canterbury Bulldogs. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he got got pulled in late – in Jersey, um, 21, funnily enough, against the Roosters at the SFS. So he came uh, you're right. mid-season. Sorry, yeah, yeah, 30 to 12. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Came from the Warriors. Um, yeah, fuck, he was a good player. Just so unlucky. I used to love him when he was kicking goals, Matty. The smiling oh, yeah, assassin. The smiling, yeah. Didn't he play for New Zealand after one NRL game? No, he played for New Zealand after, oh, was it one or was it zero? I don't know. It was Maybe crazy. it was one. Yeah, I actually, I had him on the podcast years ago year, like when I I think he was my second or third guest and him telling the story that I can't remember if it was after one game or after none and he but he he got it must have been after one first grade game I think you're right he played one first grade game got called into the Kiwi side he was sitting in church when he got the phone call his phone went off everyone looked at him and they thought they knew what it was so they let him answer the phone call there was some story to it or something but he went from first grade on the Friday night, he then played for New Zealand the next Sunday. Then he came back to Parramatta, and whoever he replaced the week before was back from injury, so he went back to reserve grade. Wow! Geez. So he he oh, played really? first grade international. He played first grade for the Warriors. Sorry for Parramatta. Then played Kiwis, and then played for Wentworthville and not, the next Sunday. And not just played for Kiwis. He was their fullback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he hadn't. I, I don't think he'd played a stack of fullback. Well, yeah, I obviously hadn't played much first grade at all. But when he made his first grade debut, he was playing centre and he got called in as fullback. So unbelievable, just fucking crazy the way that his career played out. Another one that never won a premiership, uh, but fuck, got close on a number of occasions. Uh, mate, another guy I want to touch on, never won a premiership. He was coming off the bench for this Bulldogs teams, James Graham. Uh, we had Jacko on here the other day talking about his career and how, you know, he, he, I think he only, he only won one premiership or two. At that point, he'd won one, but he'd one. lost, like, I think three other grand finals or something. Yeah, over in England, then came here and lost this grand final. He was obviously in the 2014 team, which we'll talk about soon. But yep. James Grant, I think we've all got so much respect for him. But once again, when you look back at, at the legacy of players, it's moments that really stand out and a premiership winning moment. Fuck, it means a lot when you look back at players, doesn't it? I mean, there's not much between Sam Burgess and James Graham, yep. but in on these Australian shores, the difference is Sam Burgess had, I mean, we'll talk about 14, had that cheekbone that ironically Graham did, and that's what he's remembered for. And James Graham, like, I don't think anyone really considers James Graham a non-premiership winner because he obviously mm. won for St. Helens twice. Plus, he was in so many grand finals, like, I know, blah, blah. But, like, you're right, like... I guess in, in in Australia, that was kind of the, the one small difference between those two. Yeah, and it's not taking anything away from James Graham, but Fuck no. when you look gun. back at the history of players, premierships do matter at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, and he's a guy that definitely deserved one, if not two. I, uh, I always felt for him as well because, like, you just – even he was on Bloke recently, mm. and, like, I was, like, look, I was a metre away from him looking at him talking about the 2012 and 2014 grand finals. 
and he still it still devastates him. Yeah, like he just he cares so much, and he's one of those players that I'm, obviously I can't speak for everyone, but there wasn't a time in my life where I didn't dislike James Graham. Yeah. I always loved, even though he played on the other team for the Bulldogs, who I hated back in the day. I always loved James Graham just because he's just a tough cut. I used, yeah. oh man, I'm. It would have been great if he could have won in 2012. Yeah, and I, I mate, like I, I only met him once with um, with Kempy a few weeks ago. I yeah. spoke to him for two or three minutes. But the number one thing that stood out for me is that, you know, and quite often when you know when first graders come in here and we meet them, whatever you look at the size, and you just go, oh my god, I get why you are such a fucking handful. I look at James Graham and I sort of go, fuck, like you weren't gifted with the biggest body, you weren't gifted with the biggest motor of all time. No. You, you're just tough as fucking nails yeah. and you'll just fight for every single bone imaginable. I, I was actually really surprised with, and I'm not saying he was small or anything, but just his size. I expected him, I based mean, he, on the he, way he, he played, to be a lot bigger than he was. I mean, he's standing next to his teammates, like Cassiano, Pritchard, yep. Clemmer. Like he's obviously small and all them. But not only was he like tough, and, not, and when it comes to top echelon of tough, he's number one at the top. But also, you listen to his podcast, The Buy Around, or listen to any of the podcasts he's been on with Bloke or whatever, he's a deep, deep thinker of the game. Yeah. And that's obviously where his ball-playing ability comes from and, and shows why he's... Like, obviously, the game's evolved, and it's funny how we talk about, like, how the game's evolved in last... Like, especially since COVID with the new rules and everything. He would slip straight back in today's game and be just as good. Yeah, for sure. He's one of those guys, I think he could slip into just about any era of rugby mm. league ever. Yeah. And he you know, he, he had the toughness to play 40 years ago, but he had the skill set to play now, and in my opinion, in 20 years' time probably. Yep, totally An agree. absolute freak. You speak about how, how, how much of a deep thinker he is. As I said, I met him for about three or four minutes, and him and Kempi were talking about some some podcast they'd been listening to. Yeah. James Graham said, oh, you got to you, you listen to this, and he told me about it. I didn't understand what the word was the topic was about. And from what he explained to me about the podcast, I still had no fucking idea <laughs> what he was talking about. And it was like he was explaining to me the most basic thing in the world. He, a really, really smart fellow. I, I think he's going to be pretty successful in the uh, podcasting space. I agree. Mate. If you listen, listen to him on, um, like on Saturdays or whenever it is, uh, listen to him on Triple M a lot. He's, he's really good there as well. And he's good, like he's a good commentator, like, the color commentator mm. um like he's he's measured but when he needs to blow up he blows up and he's a fantastic podcaster so yeah he's got it all going from graham and i'm and i'm pretty sure the bulldogs have just got him back after the dragons yeah. somehow sacked him um and who like do you remember graham as a dragon like no one does no so one it's, does. it's it's i'm glad he's going back to the bulldogs yeah for sure um you know what? it's just funny i actually ran into cole flanagan a few about a month or two ago yeah before the news happened and I, we were talking about James Graham, and he actually said to me, he's like, oh, man, it'd be good if the Bulldogs would get him back. Like, he's just a legend of the club. And then a couple of weeks later, he was back there. So. Yeah, all makes sense. Him. Crazy. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, now, another guy, obviously, James Graham, he never won an NRL premiership, obviously won them over in the Super League. But one guy that never won a premiership full stop that, fuck, he deserved it, mm. Josh Jackson. Yeah. And I, when he retired, I spoke about this on my podcast. I think people forget that, this was his debut season. So when you have a look at how good that Canterbury pack was, this was his debut season. Um, and that grand final, that was his 12th game of first grade, Matty. He started the first two on the bench. From that point on, he was in the starting team in that Canterbury pack in his 12th game of first grade. It's crazy thinking about that because I, when you, you said that just then and when you said the Josh Reynolds thing before, 
I honestly, hand on heart, didn't wouldn't have been able to guess that. Yeah, uh, I thought they would have at least had a seat. Like that was a pretty fresh team. Hundred percent, it was. And this is what you know, sort of going to bring me to my next point. I think that if this team would have won that premiership in 2012, and it's actually very similar for the 14, so I will go through it. I think we would look back on this team as one of the better forward packs for ever. Sure. For because sure. of the way that they revolutionised the game, because their halves, once again, Chris Keating, Josh Reynolds, two good players. But, I mean, if you were to write me a list of all the premiership halves that have been in grand finals the last 20 years, I think Josh Reynolds and Chris Keating, respectfully to them, would be pretty far down that list, yeah. just based on achievements and player and all this sort of stuff. For them to get all the way to that grand final with the forward pack they had, ball playing the way they were, and just how tough they were, as we said, that bench... James Graham, Dale Finucane, Corey Payne, David Stagg. Obviously, Graham, Finucane, David Stagg, th- three players that we probably recognise more so. Corey Payne, he might have been the toughest motherfucker in this team just quietly. Yeah, he was a right. monster. Hey, you're right about this four, but I'm just having a look at it. Like, they had all the those, the ball-playing middles who were fucking huge. Like, you're right. If they... I, I, if you read that four-pack out to anyone who even has a slight idea of rugby league, they would say, yeah, that's one of the better four packs. Imagine if they, you're right. Imagine if they won those two grand finals. It'd be fucking insane. And speaking of players, just to add someone onto that list, that grand final was only Dale Finucane's 14th game as well. Wow. So they're fucking, it's half your fucking team. And yeah, and there's other guys in this team that have, that have got so close to premiership but never won one. Frank Pritchard, for example. Yeah. He played for the Panthers in 2003, but he wasn't in their side at the end of the season for the grand final. Um, Greg Eastwood, he was in the Broncos team in 2006, but wasn't in the team at the end that won the grand final. So a lot of, like, it's essentially the entire back row that that was a fantastic chance. Their only chance is, like, full-time first graders to win win a comp there and and didn't manage to get it done. Aidan Tolman's another one. I mean, he's another guy that's played 300 first grade games without a premiership. Oh, sorry, he did win a premiership at Melbourne Storm, but... That one was um, stripped off um, officially, obviously. You can make up your own mind there. But so many guys that played so much footy. Sam Perrett's another one. 256 first grade games. Didn't win a comp. Uh, it's it's brutal to look back on. And as I said, I think this team, this forward pack, would be regarded as one of the better forward packs ever if they managed to win this grand final when you consider the rest of their team. Uh, one guy in that forward pack I want to talk about as well is Mick Ennis. Now, mm. Mate, when, when we spoke about about eight weeks ago, whatever it was, about who's the better hooker, Mick Ennis or Robbie Farrar, I have never – I'm not sure if there's an argument in rugby league that splits people more. I tell you, I've got one. Who's better, Josh Morris or Brett Morris? I think that's the best rugby league argument in the world. No one can give you an answer. No one can give you a straight answer to that. I'd go Brett. You'd go Brett? Yeah. <sighs> but look at what Josh did in Origin against Inglis. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I, I would, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, that, that, that Farrah McEnnis, I, I put up a post about it. I couldn't believe how many comments it got. And as I was reading the comments, it would say, are you fucking serious? It's obviously, and I would have no idea where they were going. It was honestly going either way. I put up a poll from it that I think I think it ended up getting about 6,000 votes. It was 50-50. Yeah. And, it's, li- so, and it's so funny how like, you got Bulldogs fans and then you got like Tigers and like Robbie Farrah fans who are probably like the most staunchest yeah. and are going to be so stubborn towards their hooker that no matter what you say, 
they're not going to veer away from their opinion on that one and fair play to them because I'm like that with a couple of players as well. But yeah. though, but that argument back in the day was, was still one of the best. It's crazy. And I reckon that if you – and this is where I think if Mick Ennis would have won this game, all of a sudden he has another premiership, so he finishes with two. But, I mean, the argument is also there that if he wins this grand final with Canterbury, he potentially never leaves Canterbury. But yeah, let, let's say true. his career plays out as it did. He goes to Cronulla, he would have two premierships. But I think the standout for me here is that he's one of – well, he, he would actually be – and I only just thought about this, Matty. Yeah. If he would have won this grand final against Cameron Smith, he would have beaten Cameron Smith in two grand finals Wow! in five years as a hooker. And for <sighs> me, that would end the Robbie Farrar, Mick Ennis conversation. I think if you give him another premiership and he wins another one over Cam Smith. Uh, and, you know, we obviously there's a bit of history here as well. Remember when Mick Ennis uh, patted Cam Smith on the head and gave it to him a little yeah. bit and everyone blew up the luck, like, <laughs> which I thought was – Fucking great. I love Cam Smith the bits, but if you're going to be out on the field, I think you're fair play. And if Cam, I mean, Cam Smith laughs about it, so. Yeah, exactly right. The thing with Ennis, though, and like, this isn't a criticism on anyone, but just the way that Des Hasler, you know, coaches, mm. he obviously, you see a different Ennis, like sharks yep. to Bulldogs. So I guess there would be a few more layers to the argument. Like, yes, we didn't – Ennis is probably known as a Bulldog, but I will always remember him for what he did at Cronulla. Yeah. And I guess that adds another layer to the argument. Like, yes, if Ennis won that 2012 premiership, but, like, I would still remember him as the, the guy that won that 2016 premiership for the Dogs uh, – for the Sharks. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting it's one, one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like – and I think a really fair argument by a lot of people is that Mick Ennis – and I think it's got a lot to do with the coaching of Des Hasler, as you said. Yes, yeah. We only saw that sort of skill set at the back end of his career. Yeah. Whereas yep. Farah, to his credit, we saw that for 10, 15 years. Career, yeah. So it's an interesting one. But even even my, my, Michael Ennis, like you have a look back at his career. He's another one. Like him and Craig Eastwood were in that 2006 Broncos side. He gets injured. Sean Berrigan moves to hooker and he wins a Clive Churchill medal a few months later. Like it's it's a real sliding doors moment. you got to remember as well. Like we, we all look back to... 2005 and we've spoken about it a few times when the Tigers played the Cowboys two unbelievable teams I mean for, for me during that year the, there was going to be no other possible grand final outside of Parramatta versus the Dragons the whole regular season they were the two best teams yeah. by far and away McKennis was the hooker for the Dragons that year too Fuck, he was too. So he goes so close on so many occasions. Thankfully, in 2016, he gets the job done. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I reckon if he wins this one in 2012 and he beats Cameron Smith twice at hooker at Cam Smith's peak, very, very interesting conversation. And I, I know as well, you know, and obviously we've spoken about it, but, you know, we all remember Andrew Fafita slamming that ball down. But you even hear Fafita talk about it. Michael Ennis gives him that look. So mm. says, this is on here. And like Andrew Fafita does the vast majority of the work. Don't get me wrong. But even for Michael Ennis just to have the awareness in that moment, like how many of those passes do you see those short balls to front row forwards that just go completely wrong all the time? Oh, yeah, all the time. All the time. Still gets it. And he gets it right in that moment. But so. go, go back to 2015, 2016 stats. I mean, look it up yourself. But Mick Ennis, he's not at the top of the list. Obviously, you've got your playmakers. He's always the number one hooker for tries in those two years. Those two years. And yeah. if you look back, like Harry Grant's putting up mad numbers these days, but no hooker is putting up numbers like Ennis in 2015, 2016, like for tries. And it's not like he was in a team that didn't have guns in the spine too. 
Yeah, he was playing with Jimmy Malone. He was playing yeah. with Benny Barber. Like, yeah, fucking wild. So I reckon Mick Ennis is another one that if he would have won this comp, we look back on his career very, very differently. Especially However, if he, but if he loses twenty sixteen, it's a whole different argument as well. Let, let me ask you this: If he wins this one, yeah, do you remember Mick Ennis as a bulldog or a shark? No, but, oh, if, oh, if he wins, if he won both, Barn wins both. Do, oh, do, pro- does the Sharks one still overlap because it was the first one? I reckon. I reckon probably Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Because I still think of, when I think of Ennis, I still think of him in that Dogs jersey. Yeah. But I remember Impact. I remember him that 2016 Sharks team. But yeah, if you won the 2012, I'd probably be more towards Doggies. Crazy. All right, the last guy I want to touch on when it comes to this Bulldog side, Desi Hasler. Yeah. Uh, this would have been his. This was his first season at the Canterbury Bulldogs. Um, he'd obviously won the year before, coaching the Manly Seagulls in 2011. Uh, moves over here, and in his first season, uh, takes him all the way to the grand final. Now, let's not forget though that he took over a team that was coming ninth. Yep. The year before, and the year before that, they came thirteenth. And James, this was James Graham's first year as well, so he did the exact same thing. Fuck, that's impressive, isn't it? Yeah, like it's not like James Graham walked into a fucking good team. Uh, yeah, it's crazy to think. And, and, and you think about Des, you know, he left, like he, he won in 2011 with DCE, Kieran Foran, these sort of guys. Yeah. He arrives at Canterbury and Josh Reynolds and Chris Keating. Like I, I know DC and Foz were young, but they were such skillful footballers and Josh Reynolds and Chris Keating are completely different guys. Well, Josh Reynolds had never played, he played one game of 5-8 in his career. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, you're right. He, he was also very young too. But, like, I mean, if your guy you're relying on your most experienced head is Chris Keating, I mean, he... That, that, he that's what I mean. Like, yeah. Des has come into a team with really... His first choice 5'8 had never really played 5'8 before. That's what I'm trying to say. It's crazy. Yeah, and you have a look at Chris Keating. Uh, his first few years, I mean, 28... Uh, it's 2008. Plays a handful of games. He plays the vast majority of them at halfback. Uh, then he comes off the bench the year after. Uh, like, he, he'd played about 35 first grade games as they came into that season. Mm. Josh Reynolds had played 10. Takes them all the way to the grand final. And I think the standout for me is how Des sort of changed that team and how they ball played around the ruck and whatnot. No other team was really doing that at the time. And I think he's probably underappreciated as a coach as far as how we look back at that. Uh, But, you know, if Des Hazel wins that, that would have made him the first coach to win back-to-back premierships since, since Wayne Bennett. Really? I mean, yeah, true. Would it, has anyone done it at different clubs, back to back at different clubs? I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there and say no. I would assume maybe Jack Gibson did. I don't know. I don't think Jack would have. Yeah, right. I don't think so. Roosters, Cronulla, Paramount. Yeah, I don't think any of them would, would have been back to back. Wow. Someone correct us if that's wrong. Yeah. Someone someone reach out. I'm trying to think if there's anyone we're missing uh, over the last few years. I mean, th- at the end of the day, there's only been about six coaches that have won premierships in the last 10 years or yeah. 10 or 12 years. Um, Just yeah. on the doggies in 2012, they were five and five for the first 10 rounds and sitting in eighth after round 10. Wow. And they just, and then after round 10, they lost two games the rest of the year. One of those were, were the grand final. Fuck, that's impressive. Like, they didn't just win the comp. They didn't just, I mean, they sorry, they didn't win the comp. But that, they came first. They were the minor premiers that year. So to do that after being sitting in eighth after round 10, not bad. I'll tell you what would have really helped this side, mm-hmm. especially in that situation, eighth at round 10. You get to the origin period. Not many of them would have gone to play origin. Yeah. 
vast majority of them would have been staying in this side. I think you would have had Josh Morris and you might have had Michael Ennis if that was one of the years that he played. That might have been a Robbie Farry year, though. I'm not sure. I'm just going to have a look at his origin. Uh, what did he play? 20, 2011, 20. He, he didn't play origin that year. So I think Josh Morris, he would have been the only guy that would have gone to play origins. They would have kept essentially their entire squad the entire year. You obviously yeah, so had... Morris was the only one that played for the Blues that year who was from the Bulldogs. Yeah, wow. How handy is that? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I mean, it helps, doesn't it? And yeah, there was no Queenslanders. So yeah, there you go. Wow, incredible. Uh, yeah, so I, I think that we look back on the career of Des Hasler very differently. And I think it changes the whole narrative. I mean, Canterbury have spent the last 10 years telling us that it was Des Hasler's fault the club went into turmoil. Yeah. I always say, <laughs> fuck, they would have that, won that comp. I'm sure it's a very different story all of a oh, sudden. Oh, 100% comp in your first season. <laughs> Crazy. Which means that, you know, and we'll talk about it soon, if he would have won the 2014, that means he would have won three comps in four years with two different clubs. Far out. Big if, I know that, don't get upset. But he'd probably still be there to be honest. Uh, yeah. And we Maybe. and where would he sit as far as the best coaches of all time? Well, it, he's kind of in the conversation, maybe a little bit under Bellamy and Bennett already. If he'd won those, he'd be equal with them for sure. That would have given him four premierships between two thousand eight and two thousand fourteen. And like just pulling premierships from the fucking from nowhere as well. Like I know, like he he built he built that manly team when he took that over. They were a fucking shit house. Yep. And he just gutted it and made it like such a good team. And then manly two thousand two thousand say seven eight to two thousand thirteen was so fucking good. Um, and then the Bulldogs he pulled that out of nowhere as well. Even fucking I know it was a lot of turbo, but even twenty twenty one like they haven't been good manly for the last few years, and they made the prelims two years uh, last year. So. And, I mean, you have a look at the team here that he built. Dale Finucane, he's gone on to be one of the hottest properties in rugby league. Yep. James Graham, we regard him as one of the greats. Um, Josh Jackson, the Canterbury Bulldogs have been built around him for the last few years. Just on Josh Jackson, I forgot to say. Yeah. I feel sorry for Josh Jackson because he played in those two grand finals and he was also, like, one of the first players picked in origin for a few years. But the three years he played Origin were 2015, 2016, 2017, which were wedged in between 2014 win and 2018 win. How fucked is that? So and you know what? He's the sort of guy that Josh Jackson, he didn't have an incredible skill set, but he was tough as nails. Yeah. That if he just would have been in one series victory, yeah. it would have locked him in for a long time. Yeah, definitely. He's one of those guys that when you start to lose, you look around and go, oh, he doesn't have upside to him. Can we maybe let him go? Can we maybe upgrade there? Whereas yeah. when you're winning, he's the first one picked. Yeah, 100%. It's, I love Josh Jackson. Yeah.